I call it the shrug. That's S-H-R-U-G, shrug. It happened more than 25 years ago, although in many respects it seems like just yesterday. I was visiting my grandfather, my father's father, at his home in Barrington, which happened to be located directly in back of Holy Angels Church. Gramps was reclining in his big green recliner in the center of the living room, sort of like the king in the middle of his kingdom. And my grandfather was the king. He was certainly the patriarch of our family. I happened to be sitting on the couch off to his left. He was in his early 90s at the time, but by the grace of God, he was still in relatively good health. Even at that point, he had thick, strong forearms that were built up from years of working as a bricklayer. I had to spend a lot of time in the gym to build my muscles. My grandfather could build his right on the job, and he did. He lived until he was 98. My grandmother lived almost as long. God blessed them both with many years. Unfortunately, however, three of their four children died before they reached the age of 55. All of them died of cancer. And it was that sad series of events that my grandfather and I began to talk about that day when I was visiting. And I'll never, ever forget it. At one point during the conversation, he stopped talking, he turned his head, looked right into my eyes, lifted his big arms, and with a sad look on his face, he did this. The shrug. And then he sighed. It was one of those simple, profound moments that speaks volume. A simple, profound action that spoke volumes. It was as if he had said verbally to me, Rain, you know how Italians cut words off. <laughs> my grandfather did that with my name. He never called me Raymond or even Raimondo. It was always Rain. But it was as if he had said to me, Rain, I don't understand it. Here we are, your grandmother and I, over 90 years old. God has allowed us to live for so long, and that's been a great blessing. But at the same time, he allowed three of our children to die at such young ages. That doesn't make sense to me. I can't figure it out. I really didn't know how to respond to my grandfather. I finally said to him, yeah, Gramps, I know. I don't fully understand it either. And then, as I recall, I went over and gave him a big hug. And yet, my brothers and sisters, my grandfather was not an angry person. He was not a bitter person. Neither was my grandmother. In fact, if you ask me what I remember most about my grandfather, it was his smile and his very pleasant disposition. And neither he nor my grandmother 
blamed God for the tragic events of the past. They didn't understand. They didn't understand why God had allowed certain things to happen as they did happen. But they never blamed him. Both of them were people of deep faith. And if you don't believe me, ask Father Judy sometime. As I said a few moments ago, my grandparents' house was located directly in back of Holy Angels Church, my home parish, when I was growing up. And my grandfather would often walk over during the day to make visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Well, one afternoon, Father Judice happened to meet up with him as he was making one of his many visits. And he went over to my grandfather and he said to him, Nick, I want to ask you, what do you do when you come here to church during the day? And my grandfather said, well, I just sit here and I look at God and God looks back at me. You know, there are many spiritual writers who would tell you that that is a perfect description of contemplative prayer. My grandfather did that quite naturally. So obviously Gramps found some peace, some strength he needed through prayer, through communing with God in church, especially in church. But I think there was something else at work here as well. You know, there were many things about his own life and about life in general that my grandfather did not understand. That was clear from his shrug and his big sigh that day. But there were many other things that he did understand. Things that he knew by faith to be true. He knew, for example, that God loved him. He knew that God was with him, even when he wasn't looking at the Lord in church when he was making his visits. He also knew that Jesus died for him and for his three deceased children so that he and they could live forever with the Lord in his eternal kingdom. And it was truths like these that my grandfather must have called to mind often, both when he was in church and when he wasn't in church. And I really believe that's what gave him the ability to smile, in spite of all he had been through. That's what gave him his pleasant disposition, that disposition I remember so well. I mentioned this this morning because I believe this is exactly what St. Paul did in his own life, which was also filled with trials and difficulties that he didn't fully understand like his thorn in the flesh that he speaks about in 2 Corinthians 12. We heard that text last weekend during our second reading of Mass. Remember where Paul talks about this mysterious affliction, this thorn in the flesh that troubled him, and he begged God three times, it says, and that could be symbolic for lots of times, to take it away. And apparently the Lord never did. I'm sure Paul found that difficult to understand. Well, in today's second reading, we have another passage from Paul's writings, this text from Ephesians 1. And here, St. Paul lists some of the truths that he understood. Some of the truths that he knew by faith to be valid. And he lists them in the form of a hymn, probably a hymn that he and the early Christians sang together when they gathered for Mass. Listen again to some of these verses. 
And this is from a translation that I think is a little better than the one we have in our lectionary, so I'll read this translation to you. Paul says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has bestowed on us in Christ every spiritual blessing in the heavens. God chose us in Him before the world began to be holy and blameless in His sight, to be full of love. He likewise predestined us through Christ Jesus to be His adopted sons. Such was His will and pleasure that all might praise the glorious favor He has bestowed on us in His beloved. It is in Christ and through His blood that we've been redeemed and our sins forgiven. So immeasurably generous is God's favor to us. God has given us the wisdom to understand fully the mystery, the plan He was pleased to decree in Christ, to be carried out in the fullness of time, namely, to bring all things in the heavens and on earth into one under Christ's headship. That's a beautiful text of Scripture, one of my favorites. There were many things that St. Paul did not understand. But he did understand what was most important in life, the mystery of salvation in Christ Jesus. This hymn, which I'm sure he knew by heart and recited often, even when he was not in church gathered for Mass. This text talks about so many things. It reminds us that life has a purpose. It reminds us that we are God's adopted children in and through the sacrifice of Christ. It reminds us that we are called to be holy. It reminds us that God has a plan for us and for the world. And it reminds us that we have an eternal destiny that's rooted in what Jesus Christ has done for us. As was the case for St. Paul, we all have situations and circumstances in our lives that we struggle to make sense of. Am I right? I'm sure you agree. We all have things in our lives that we do not fully understand. Things that happen to us, certain situations, etc. And we never will understand them fully at least on this side of the grave. So the message of my homily this morning is really very simple. In the midst of all that you do not understand, focus your attention each and every day of your life on what you do understand, on what you know by faith to be true. Like St. Paul did like my grandfather did.